we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, 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 please go ahead and give us some love, share, subscribe, follow, like, or do whatever you can to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, again, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholics.com, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source, it is truly appreciated. Preseason basketball. That's right. Preseason basketball is right around the corner. I am so excited because guess what? The Lakers just won the championship. Now you got to roll over, essentially, and start the season coming up. As Laker Tom put it, we're days away from the start of the NBA season and five days away from preseason games. My goodness gracious, it, it came upon us like, bam, it hits you right there. We're going to be talking about some of the things that the Lakers need to work on in training camp and the exhibition games, some of the things that you might be looking for. Then also as well, we're going to be talking about Kyle Kuzma's future. Kyle Kuzma's future has been the source of great conversation here in recent days now that we've locked up some other futures. So what is going to be the future going forward for Kyle Kuzma? But first off, we're going to be talking about the extensions for LeBron and Anthony Davis. I I talked about this recently on our last episode of the Lakers Fast Break Broadcast. If you can, please check it out. It's a good podcast with Matt Moderno who is part of the Believe in Wizards podcast. you got to check him and Larry Hughes' show. They're doing awesome podcasts for the Wizards and the NBA. you got to check that out on the Believe in Sports Network. We went actually into depth on LeBron and AD extensions because LeBron did sign an extension out of the nowhere, out of the blue, for an extra two years. And LeBron and AD, <clears throat> Anthony Davis, signed for four years plus one, so it could be potentially a five-year, $190 million contract. These are big numbers for the Lakers, but they are needed. They are welcomed, and to have these kind of extensions is very – is a little surprising, I should say. It's a little surprising, to say the least. But here today to talk about these extensions and a whole lot more are two great guests indeed. First up, it's the mastermind behind lakerholics.com you got to go ahead and be a part of the conversation at lakerholics.com today not only are there great videos from rafael barlow there are great podcasts from someone i know very dearly aka myself there's also great articles from sean aka magic man five great things from jamie sweet and of course the gazillion number of articles that he does on a week-to-week basis or whenever he can talking about a lot of great things, including Kyle Kuzma's possible extension. And we'll talk about that here later on the show. It is Laker Tom, but Laker Tom, obviously first up is got to be, got to be the somewhat surprise extensions in one way and another on the surface, a surprise for the Lakers. LeBron was out of the blue and nobody expected that because they expected him to just, you know, keep on testing the Lakers and, but you know what? This was a sign that he has a lot of faith in the Lakers. But with AD, as AD said, it's all about injuries, his history, and his insecurity in being fully healthy for the entire years to come. So I don't blame him on banking on his future right now instead of later. It's a surprise, I guess, because everybody was sort of expecting LeBron to sort of synchronize his contract with AD's. 
and everybody was expecting AD to do a one plus one or a two plus one, yeah. the two plus one getting him to 10 years so that he could uh, get a 35% max contract. Yet, I think that when you, you step back a little bit and you understand the dynamics of everything that the Lakers have been doing the last couple of years, everything Rob Palenka has been doing, it's been in concert with Rich Paul of Clutch Sports. And when you look at them from that standpoint, that definitely is a move to stabilize the Lakers, to commit LeBron and to commit AD to the future of the Lakers. Um, it will make things easier for Palenka moving forward. And then finally, it's a recognition that because of the pandemic and the lowered uh, salary cap increases that we're facing, there's not any, there's no possibility left for us to really go out there and, and set aside enough cap space to sign Giannis Antetokounmpo to a free agent contract. Um, if we're going to get uh, Giannis to join the Lakers, um, it's going to have to be via trade or sign and trade. It's not going to it's not going to happen from being able to sign him. The Heat have done the same thing, and for the Laker fans, that the real benefit of this whole thing is that all of a sudden it was no longer important that everybody was on one year contracts other than LeBron and AD. Uh, we saw that with KCP getting a three year deal. We saw it with uh, Montrez Harrell getting a two-year deal, even though he's got uh, an opt-out on the second year. And there's a couple of other players that, you know, Marcus All got a two-year deal, no no player option for the second year. So it, it's going to simplify the things for the Lakers in that they're, and this was the heart of what they did this season, is last year they they were really handicapped by having to wait for Kawhi to make a decision and were forced then to, to, to really make some make some moves at the last minute just to fill roster spots. Uh, and again, trying to make sure they didn't give anything more than a two-year deal. Um, this year, they were able to go out there without the delay. And the result was some dramatic improvements in the roster. You know, it's kind of funny that sometimes you leave the last for best, but we were all sort of expecting that the season had been, all of the excitement was gone. But then Rob and, and Rich pulled off the great ones by, Announcing the uh, the the extension first first for LeBron and then the AD one. When I when I first saw the extension for LeBron, I misread the whole tweet, thinking it was AD because I was so focused on waiting for the news for AD. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I I sat there and I said, well, "Wait, wait a minute! This is LeBron we're talking about." So there's no more of this this uh, one year hold the hold the hold the franchise hostage type of approach that he had with the, with the Cavaliers. Uh, instead, it's, 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 instead, it's a, a true partnership, which is what I, you know, I'm in the process. I just released an article on Medium talking about how the Lakers were playing chess while the rest of the league was playing checkers. And aptly, the focus of that article is really Rob Palenka and Rich Paul and how they've developed that whole relationship together. It's an interesting article. You'll see it on Medium. I'm going to post it on Lakerholics probably tomorrow. But this whole thing, we have five players now from Clutch Sports on the Lakers roster. And that, that you started with that old KCP contract that we did so that so that Rob Palenka could have conversations all the time. Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka at that time have conversations all the time with Rich Paul and get closer. And then, you know, then you, you you move up the line and you get a LeBron signing. And then, you know, then you get the deal for THT 
and then the trade for AD. Uh, and then this year, uh, you know, it, it just continues along with uh, uh, Wesley Matthews. It's another clutch client. Uh, so you got five guys there. And then what nobody has noticed, and, and this is part of the article that's going to come out tomorrow on Lakerholics, the Lakers are doing the same thing with another agency, Octagon. Alex Sitaris of Octagon is the agent for Kostas, Theanis, and Giannis Anikunku. So all of a sudden, we find that the Lakers are not necessarily making a deal with Alex, but with his one of the other guys at, at Octagon. And he's the representative for two guys that just joined the Lakers. And in two transactions that were really very closely connected, one of them was the, was the trade of Danny Green for Dennis Schroeder. His agent is Octagon. And the second part of that transaction is what do we do to replace Schroeder? And or what do we do to replace Danny Green? And I, I got this mixed up with, uh, with Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews is an Octagon client, not a clutch client. And so he, they signed Matthews with that thing. So we got two clients from them. Now we have three clients from Octagon between Costas, Matthews, and Schroeder. Uh, Schroeder. So uh, it's an interesting thing if you if you followed the comments from Giannis about how he loved and grew up rooting for LeBron James and, and was a big LeBron James fan and thinks he's the best player in the league, wants him to, would love to see LeBron and AD come to Milwaukee to play with him. Uh, and wouldn't have a problem at all with being the second or third option on a team with uh, with LeBron, AD, and uh, Giannis. So uh, you can almost see the same strategy going on. And this is what I really meant in the article about the Lakers playing chess while the rest of the league was playing checkers. Because chess involves a complicated situation where you're you're dealing, you've got a partner, you've got somebody also who's working in the same direction as you are, who's another power broker in the league. And this has become an agent's league because it's a player's league. And so the combination of, of developing this relationship with Octagon to go along with our relationship with Clutch really puts the Lakers in the driver's seat, I think, to sign Giannis or to trade for Giannis at some point in time. It would not surprise me at all to see Giannis decline to sign the max Supermax contract with Milwaukee go into the season and at some point say that he wants to be traded to the Los Angeles Lakers and that he won't re-sign with any other team unless he's traded to the Lakers. Who knows? Half the team could be Octagon, half the team could be Clutch. We might have to rename the Lakers to the Clutch Octagon Lakers here, here in a little bit, my friend. So we'll see what happens there. But you notice there's no other teams that are really working agents the way that Rob Palenka and Clutch have done, and now well, the way CAA, that, the Knicks are actually following in their footsteps. Well, only because they hired the previous guy who was who was the agent for a lot of these guys. So when you bring an agent in, that's one of the things. I mean, that's why there's been a lot of talk about prior Palinka clients possibly joining the Lakers. The whole thing is that it used to be that it was just the teams that players became part of a family. But that's changed now because these agencies do a lot of things together to, to really create a almost team-like chemistry and culture among the, among the clients of their agency. And they treat their fellow clients like brothers the same as teammates do. 
and for example, it, it's why every time anybody suggests that KCB gets traded, the only way KCB gets traded is if KCB comes out of that shining with a huge, long, huge contract that the Lakers might not give him. Otherwise, he's sticking. He's going to stay with LeBron. Same thing with AD. And uh, well, he would have to be part of a trade sign and trade for Giannis. Would most likely him his contract. Well, would we've be got perfect. we've got several chips there, and we'll we'll get hopefully another chip if if the Kuzma situation happens because. Basically, the chips that you want, obviously, it's nice if you have a superstar making $25 million. That's the ideal thing that you want to be able to offer in a trade or sign and trade for Giannis. Uh, next best is that, you know, a bunch of guys around $15 because two or three of those can easily, you know, make the deal. We've got we've got Schroeder at $15 million. Uh, we've got uh, Harrell at $10.3 million. And we got KCP at $12.2 million. Um, if they put Kuzma in there at around 12 million, uh, we would have some we would have some really good trading chips to interest somebody. Maybe not Giannis, but but there are a lot of other players out there that that would be very valuable additions to the team. The nice thing about these trades too is that unlike the free agency route, you don't have to just totally tear your team apart and get rid of every single player on the team, uh, other than minimum contract guys. So all of a sudden you can trade two or three of those chips, you know, and in the case of Giannis, he's making, you know, I think 27 million, something like that. So you could trade, you could easily make a trade since you get a 25% kicker, you could easily trade KCP and, and Schroeder, for example, for Giannis. That's a trade that works legally. Um, or if you're going for a guy like uh, a, a player who's maybe on the verge of being a star who had, doesn't sign a max contract yet, you can trade for somebody like that and then max them out and go over the cap to do that. So it's a lot of exciting things happening for the Lakers. And I think the, the crust of the whole thing, the, the crux of the whole thing is this big move to lock down AD and LeBron going forward. Um, we now have a, if you want to call it at least a three year championship window for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's a good thing. Indeed. If you're a Lakers fan and uh, I tell you what, I'm hopeful that the concerns for Anthony Davis in regards to his health, which is the reason why he committed to such a long-term contract, those fears will never come to fruition and he can play out that contract. Again, I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But someone who also has his fingers extra crossed 
is a good man indeed. Please, you got to check out all the great work that he's done <laughs> at Lakerholics.com because he has been well, – I'll tell you what, if you've been on the site, and a lot of people have been on the site this week, you've had a heavy dose of this man right here. It is the magic man. It is Sean Grice. And Sean Grice, thank you so much for being patient while Laker Tom went on his soapbox. I do want to go ahead and ask you this, my friend. you got to be happy if you're a Lakers fan out there that you have these two individuals willing to play with each other and willing to commit to the franchise taking that load, that load off of our backs as far as the pressure that's there, you know, from saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to just do a one and one out. We're not going to be out next season. We're going to stay here for long term. So I want to hear your thoughts on you as a fan when you heard that both these extensions went down for as long as they did, what that means for you as a fan and what that means for the team long term. While I go ahead and change from Baby Yoda to my Laker hat right now. Well, Gerald, I, I feel like a, a citizen of Greece that has just seen Zeus unleash the Kraken upon our, our enemies. That's what I feel like. I'm still on cloud nine for those two extensions. To get LeBron at that price, yes, the NBA has to have a salary cap, but we're only paying the man $85 million over the next not this year, but the two-year extension, it's just, I mean, that's a bargain. That's a bargain. Well, what, I mean, he, because they're banking on themselves now, which, like you said, when, when they do a new collective bargaining agreement, traditional thinking, even in the age of coronavirus, and even with the financial situations are what they are, most likely they will still trend up even a small amount, which means the Lakers – are getting a little bit of a bargain. I know that's hard to conceive with $275 million when we're talking about this, but the Lakers will actually be getting a little bit of a savings, most likely on these two contracts going forward over what they could possibly have signed up for if they had done it differently. Absolutely. I mean, I, to me, that's what the most surprising little nuance of this, this situation was, is that, if you look at it from a, from a 360-degree perspective, we're saving money. It, it allows us a lot of flexibility over these next three years with AD's contract, really, because of the, I believe it's the 8% bonus kick-in, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, th that really works out in the Lakers' favor for as far as, being able to maneuver and and squeeze uh, a good contract here or there to facilitate something greater. Absolutely. And I'm definitely looking forward to having these two here for the next three years for sure. And we'll see what it is going forward. Again, for LeBron, he didn't even want to go ahead and have that player option because that would have given him a million dollars less. And so he's like, I'm not leaving that million dollars on the table. I will go ahead and take those. Full two years on that. Thank you very much. And with AD, it is a fifth-year player option, just to let everybody know. So there is a player option on that fifth year. We're hoping that it will see its way through, but we understand the logistics. I'm just hoping, again, he will be healthy. If he's healthy the entire way through, the sky's the limit for him and his, his prowess going forward. So I'm definitely looking forward to both of those two now and it believe me for the franchise itself the lakers they can now focus on building a team and not have to worry and looking behind their back every single moment 
at everything that LeBron or AD could be saying. Oh, does that mean he's leaving? Does that mean he's going to stay? Does that mean he's going to leave in free agency? We now don't have to worry about those two things right there, and we can just build, and we can just work on adding more to this team going forward, making it hop, hopefully either uh, you know a very competitive team, a championship level team, or even a dynasty team. I'm, again, I'm, that's knocking on wood. We're we're hoping that that is the case. That's obviously the best case scenario, but. At least now for the next three years, the Lakers can look forward to having LeBron and AD be the center focus for the team going forward. But guys, there's more to talk about. And you mentioned it real quick, Laker Tom, and that was Kyle Kuzma. I know his extension, I know he's gotten actually off of social media for the time being. Uh, and so because it's been so much of a great debate. And I know LeBron has been sending out kind words for Kuzma, but we have been so focused on Kyle Kuzma. I have been fascinated by his play over the course of the past three years. Ever since I saw him that first game at Thomas and Mac in that first preseason game and saw what could be the brilliance. And obviously fans out there saw what he did over the course of his rookie season. And we're so enamored by it. We saw in the second year, he was very shot heavy, got averaged 19 points a game, I believe but wasn't very efficient, but we still thought, man, this guy could be a really upcoming star. And the third year didn't start off on a great note. He was working with Team USA, got injured, and you know, on the defensive end, he really improved, but never quite meshed on the offensive end. It felt kind of out of place, to be quite honest with you. And I think you can even agree with me on that. But again, the debate comes with Kyle Kuzma's future going forward. If you sign him to an extension... Are you signing it to use him as an asset in a trade for something better at the trade deadline to improve your team even more? Or do you see an actual future with him going forward? Because he's always going to be an awkward fit, no matter what key pieces are around him, as long as LeBron and AD are there. I think you want to do both things, Gerald. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. In other words, I think that you can for sure increase his trade value because it's very difficult to trade a guy with a three and a half million dollar contract because the talent that you want to get comparable talent in return that you want to get is makes it very difficult to match salaries in that situation. So by giving him an extension, assuming that you can get him to agree to a reasonable three year extension, you know, maybe 12 million like KCP is making, it's almost like LeVar Ball talking something into existence. You know, all of a sudden he'll be a 12 million dollar player. But I also think there's a second factor in here, which is confidence. You know, the one thing that Kyle, I wrote an article a while back that said, you know, the, the premise of it was if Kyle Kuzma had shot in 40% from three, 38% from three, he would be looked at entirely different. And his stats, ironically, would have been very similar to Bogdan Bogdanovich's stats, almost identical in every respect. So it's that lack of confidence that comes from the shooting problems, which come from playing fewer minutes, coming off of the bench rather than starting. As a starter, Kyle is, is definitely averaged 20 points per game. So I think there's a lot to be said, and, and I actually expect the Lakers, this is in line with everything that they've been doing, with, with bringing back Dudley, bringing back Cook, extending LeBron, and extending AD. I think it also makes total sense for them to give an extension to Kuzma. And I think that that basically then sets everything up so that we can focus on the next three years and not have to worry about it. 
I do believe that there's a possibility that we may be seeing the team right now that we have for the next three years. I mean, there may be minor tweaks and changes and a player here and there, but I think this is a team that could actually be a dynasty type team. You're right. Uh, it just depends on what plans you have for him as a player, as far as monetarily to make him more attractive in a trade. And you've signed him for a contract right now, an extension right now. It's something that you have to focus on because the number may be more attractive. I want to ask you this though, when it comes to Kyle Kuzma, the player on the court, again, it's that situation where he's not a perfect fit especially on the offensive end. And especially now you've got not one, but two more dynamic offensive players in Dennis Schroeder and also Zomantras Harrell, who will also be demanding the ball. So if he comes out there and you have him coming off the bench along with Montres Harrell and possibly Dennis Schroeder, you see that pick and roll thing happening with Montres Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. He doesn't really fit in unless he gets his three-point shooting to be a little bit more accurate. I think that's what, what it comes down to. The ball is not going to come his way as much now as it did before. And that's going to be even a bigger problem for him standing out unless he gets a shot up to par. There's no doubt that the key to Kuzma's success on the Lakers or wherever he gets traded, if, if that happens, is depending upon fixing a broken shot. I mean, he's got good form. I've watched his form. I've studied the various analysts who've broken down his form. And he really had two problems. He, his two problems basically were shot selection. He shot very well from the corners, for example, every year, even though he only shot 30% overall from threes. He was shooting in the high 30s and from both corners for the last two years. So shot selection was something that he really addressed when he, when he, he shot 44% and led the team in the eight games in the bubble. Yeah. Then we got back into the playoffs. He got fewer minutes. Um, because of the matchups and so forth. And as a result, he ended up taking the same number of shots in fewer minutes, which pretty much tells you right there that the shot selection wasn't as precise as it had been during the bubble. I think in, in many ways, we may see him. What's hard, for Car what's hard for Kyle is the fact that the two positions he plays, the assumption that he played was the three and the four. And those two positions happened to be manned on the Lakers as starters by the number one and number two players in the league. Yeah. So it's awful hard to, to figure out how you can ever be a starter on the Lakers if you're Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. I think he took a big step toward that, though, in last year. And then and what I really was impressed with was, number one, he didn't become the gunner that he'd had a reputation of being. He didn't take bad shots most of the time. And he generally focused strongly on at various times on improving his rebounding. And I was really impressed with his defense on players like Harden, some of the, some of the guys on, on the Nuggets. He showed the ability to really be able to guard threes and big twos. And I've always felt that on the Lakers, if there was ever any potential for him to be a starter, it would be a shooting guard, where his 6'7 and quickness, his 6'7 height and quickness really gives him some advantages. He'll tell you he's six nine. Let's let's call it in the middle, six eight. How about that? Yeah, well, I'm glad that they finally made these guys actually get measured and their measurements up on the. I think he's six seven is what his actual measurement comes up there. Um, but but he's he's the ability to guard twos and threes is perfect for being a big shooting guard. 
if he can get his shots straight, that's an opportunity for him. The big problem is, is how eager is he to, you know, he watches Brandon Ingram go off to the Pelicans and, and get a big contract and score a lot of points and get the ball, get a lot of opportunities you don't get with the Lakers. Can a young guy learn to appreciate why Marc Gasol is signed for the Lakers? Why, why um, Wes Matthews signed with the Lakers, you know, yeah. for minimum contract, because it's about winning. The difference between, it comes down to making a judgment from Kyle. Was he happier his rookie year, having all of those shots, having the ball in his hands all the time and losing all of those games? Or was he happier last year when he was part of a championship team? He improved in a lot of areas of the game, got a lot of praise, support from, you know, support from guys like LeBron James announcing who's going to break out next year. And he posts Kyle Kuzma's name. So Kuzma said the right things, and I think he believes the right things. I think it'll come down to will he agree to a reasonable price for an extension? How efficient will he be? That's the bigger key. I think that's. I, th- I think he can be. I I don't think he's a forty percent three point shooter, but I think he can be a high thirties three point shooter. He's still only in his. He's still only had three years, and it's difficult. And and he still scored twenty points per game average even when he started, regardless. So that may not be there for the Lakers, and it just depends whether the guy, how much is money worth to him? You know, yeah. I mean, some guys it's it's kind of a personal score. It doesn't have anything to do with what you can do with the money or what you can buy with it. It's, it's like, I'm not going to accept less than X, Y, Z got, or this other guy got, you know, and you don't want, you know, if Kyle is patient and understands that, man, I'm on a championship team. I have a chance to be a championship player. I can build my resume here. I can improve my overall. I mean, he has said that the one thing he's focusing on is to improve his defense. He wants to become a stopper. He wants to be a guy they can put in on James Harden and, and players like that. And even Kawhi Leonard, he wants to be the kind of guy who can guard them. And that to me is a great sign because if he can do that, if he's willing to do that, then he will agree to a reasonable amount for an extension. If he agrees to 12 million, I think the Lakers will sign him. If he instead says and, or his, and has his agent say that, no, I'm not taking anything less than 15 or 16 million or or something like that, or even some crazier higher number, then I think he'll be gone by the trade deadline. So, you know, from everything I've seen of what Kyle has done this year, I think he wants to be part of the team still. And I think he appreciates the situation he's in. And I think he will sign an extension for around 12 million a year. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and hit you up with this. Uh, obviously we're in a training camp. I think they're doing a one-on-one, two-on-two, and then gradually they'll get into five-on-fives before they hit up at the end of this week. Can you, I can't even get wrap my head around it, that the actual, what, six weeks after the Lakers just held up the trophy, they're already getting back into the preseason at the end of this week. And then, of course, the games are coming up starting on the 23rd. But what are the kind of real things that they need to work on? I'm going to tell everybody out there, if you play fantasy basketball, get as close to the start of the season as possible. Because there could be, with this quick turnaround for a lot of these teams, there could be injuries right and left, pulled hamstrings. You're not sure who's going to start this season, who, who is not. I think right now we have to go as a Lakers team, on the Lakers end, be real cautious about that. 
So I want to hear your thoughts on what kind of real work needs to be done leading up to the NBA season. Well, it almost seems like the exhibition games are probably going to be more like scrimmages. Yeah. And the early season games are probably going to be more like exhibition games. I, you know, I expect LeBron to sit out a lot of games and, and AD to sit out a lot of games. I don't think the Lakers will really care that much about how they do in the early games. I don't think that they're going to go all out to win those games. But the other side of that is I'm really impressed with the lineup that we have. The roster that's been put together is has been really remarkable. And I think that the Lakers' second team, however, whoever ends up on that second team, is going to be a handful for a lot of first teams to handle. They've got 10 guys in there who all who basically could make a case to start. I think that the additional firepower that we've added with with Dennis and, and Trez is going to really be something that's going to help allow us to get some load management for AD and LeBron early in the season and still win a lot of games. Yeah. You know, I, I it's it, I can't see that those these these guys are joining a championship team and they're going to want to get off to a good start and they're yeah. going to want to they understand exactly what their role is and why they were brought in. They were brought in so that when LeBron sits and AD sits that we get some offense. And that's the and, other thing too that they have to go ahead and manage those two's minutes to yep. not push them too hard right away. I it's think okay it's the other to, side. To I think you got they, 10 you got 10 you got a 10 or 11 man rotation, Gerald. Yeah, but it's okay to lose a game to have them sit out. I'm I'm telling you what, I want the bigger <laughs> picture when it comes to LeBron and AD. If they need to sit them down on back-to-backs, if they need to things that we talked about last year. All we year, have to do is be healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's just what we I'm looking win, for. We can win the championship. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I just take a, I just, I don't disagree with everything, anything that you're saying there, Gerald. I just happen to think that this team is so deep and so good that they're going to post a lot of wins just from walking out on the floor. And that's, and that's something that I wanted to ask you too is, I mean, I mentioned this last year that I didn't pick the the, the team number one in the conference because I thought they were just going to cruise and set up for the playoffs. Now, mind you, the year mm-hmm. didn't work out exactly the way that they wanted to, but they started off so good because they had a focus on defense and it actually worked. That mentality of defense kind of worked. This is not going to be as good of a defensive team. Let's just put it right there. It's not, but they are going to be a better offensive team. It's going to be a little bit of a transition going forward. What are the things that they need to work on? Because you need to play LeBron and AD a little bit less. I know they're not going to want to stay off the floor that much, but they need to be off the floor a little bit less. What are the things that the team, the rest of the team has to work on so that the team can be good coming up or good to our standards coming up as the playoffs, uh, you know, when the playoffs come up around the corner? Well, I think that the, you come down to, to looking at the big, what's the big difference between the team offensively and defensively at this point in time, it's really from a defensive standpoint, the center position, we had two guys last year who, were elite rim protectors in Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. And yet the Lakers pretty much made a decision to dump both of those guys. And I'm in the middle of an article now that is asking that question is why did the Lakers dump JaVale McGee and, and Dwight Howard? And if anybody thinks that dump is too pejorative a phrase for describing what happened to them, All you have to do is go back and look at uh, Dwight Howard tweeting that he's accepted a contract that the Lakers never offered him and then realize that 
we have like two second round picks left and we gave one of them to the Cavaliers just to take JaVale McGee off our hands. So the Lakers definitely dumped these two guys and they replaced him with, at first, everybody thought that we were still looking for a center, but it doesn't turn out to be that. Instead, we signed Dudley and Cook to bring back chemistry and culture on the team. And so right now we've got three forwards, uh, three three power forwards, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, Markeith Morris, and Jared Dudley. And we've got two centers. We replaced JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard with Marc Gasol and Trez Harrell. So all of a sudden you've got a 36-year-old who's really not a great, not the shot blocker that that either McGee or Howard were at their best. And you've got a guy who everybody talked about when he first came over from the Clippers was going to play power forward because he couldn't play center because that, he did a horrible job playing center, backing up uh, Zubak at, for the Clippers in Montrez Harrell. So the Lakers definitely give up some defense at that end. And the question, the question in my article is, why did they do that? And I think... I think what comes out is that they learned a couple of things in the playoffs. They learned that that Anthony they learned that Anthony Davis basically really is who they have to count on in the playoffs because both Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee became unplayable. And they were unplayable not necessarily because they clogged up the paint in offense. It was because they couldn't make the rotations fast enough and could not defend on the perimeter so that they hurt us on defense. Frank Vogel's a defense first coach. And the reason I don't think that Marcus he is going to do any better though, we're guarding out there. On, I mean, he's better against Jokic, obviously a bigger body, similar to what we saw with Dwight yeah, Howard. But I, but I think that here's the trade off that I see. I, th- I think we did make a trade offense for defense. Okay. In the sense that uh, what we get with what we get with, and I think this whole thing, part of my article is a premise that this whole thing was triggered by the availability through Rich Paul, the availability of of Trez, that they could get Montrez Harrell from the Clippers. So you're going to play Harrell at center. Well, the thing that Harrell is almost impossible to stop is against a traditional center, he is so quick and fast and athletic that he is just going to be dunking the ball left and right. I mean, 18 points per game was fairly easy for him. And shooting a high percentage and most centers, I mean, can you imagine Jokic trying to guard him? It's it's yeah. an impossibility. And the Lakers have the one thing that the Clippers don't have to put next to him, which is Anthony Davis. Yes, you know, all of a sudden you got AD, you know, you, you play AD at the four and let him play at the five. It, it doesn't even matter what the positions are. We're again talking about a backcourt that, that can still defend and we can cover up for his defensive weaknesses. And then also I think, don't believe that for a doubt that Frank Vogel and his coaching staff think they can improve Trez's defense because he's an athletic guy. He's, he actually has a standing reach that's well over seven feet for a six, seven guy. And he's got yes, seven, three wingspan. So he's got great defensive potential there and it just really needs to be taken advantage of. So the Lakers, I think they're giving up some defense they're giving up something on defense in order to get offense because they realized that they needed some firepower when LeBron and AD were off the bench. And they also realized that 
this is another one of those seasons where they're going to need some load management on their superstars. We're not protecting. It's not a win now, right now, one year deal with the Lakers. It's a three year window. I mean, 80 LeBron signing for two more years. You have to realize that that also meant he's not exercising that player option for this year. Mm -hmm. So we got him for three years and we got AD for four years guaranteed now. So the Lakers, you, you all of a sudden, all of the concerns that you had before about protecting him so that he wouldn't leave. Now it's protecting him because he's yours and you want to make sure that to keep him healthy and, and safe. So, um, we'll, we'll, we've, we've jacked up the offense so much that we can take a little hit on defense. And then, and I think part of that is that what Vogel also learned is that being able to challenge three point shots and be able to rotate fast and make switches, even if they aren't by a rim protector are something that has great value in the game today. Um, and Frank's always been a rim protecting guy. Um, and we're still going to see a lot of block shots, but it's mostly going to come from AD on help defense or AD when he's playing the five. But uh, we're also going to see a lot of Markeith Morris again this year. Uh, his ability to rotate and his ability to at times play the five with AD at the four or vice versa uh, gives us a lot of flexibility. I think you'll see more of him in the playoffs than you will in the regular season. I think you'll see limited minutes well, I in think, the regular season. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to know because what are, it all depends on what the playoffs are going to be like this year. Yeah. I, we think don't the know, five out thing, I think the five out thing is going to be something in the playoffs that is going to be focused on again. Mm -hmm. And if the Lakers can come out, obviously they were very successful, which I think the rest of the league was surprised about that the, that the Lakers could go five out and be successful with Markeith Morris. I think Markeith Morris is going to play minutes. Don't get me wrong. I just don't mm -hmm. think he's going to be as effective during the regular season, and he's going to ramp up in the playoffs. And I see Montrez Harrell being less of a key in the playoffs than he is. I think he's more important for the regular season, if that makes sense. Seeing what, knowing what I know of the two guys. No, I, I, I think, I think when you, everybody talks about that and the all the whole reasoning behind it, and I'm, I'm presuming this is your same reasoning is that uh, is Trez's defense is going to be a liability. I mean, how can you close a game with a guy like that? Well, well his free throw shooting game with a guy like either. that with with Anthony Davis right next to him. Yeah, but free um, free throw shooting it's not great either. Yeah, both of the fact is. But that imagine, think about this. Think about this. Think about. You can still play five out. You know, here's the funny thing, even though Trez doesn't have any gravity behind the three point line, you can still play five out with him. Because when you play five out with him, that means there's nobody but him in the center. Nobody between the basket and him but the center. And he does do, and he does have a good and drive. he can handle, he has a handle, yeah. and he can attack uh, the rim. And I, and I understand that, but again, it's also on the defensive side, and I know more Keith yeah. Morris plays much better defense on a five-out situation than Harold does. But Harold, during the regular season, because of the things we talked about during last season about when LeBron goes out, where is your offense coming from, was right. such a pain in the side with now with Schroeder, Harold and Davis, when LeBron goes out of the lineup, you feel a lot more comfortable about what they can do, yeah. especially with the pick and roll between the, the, I mean, Schroeder doing a pick and roll with Harold could be almost as deadly, even if it's anywhere near <laughs> yeah. what Luke Williams yeah. and Harold was in the Clippers, that could be really fun to watch. Right. And there's no doubt that, uh, that Dennis is a lot better defender than Lou will. 
I'm um, hoping that's you know, the case. Yes. I, th I think what it, what it comes down to is that we probably already know pretty much other than a hot shooter, who's going to close games for the Lakers, you know, 80 is going to be at the five. Morris is probably going to be at the four. LeBron's going to be at the three and whichever two guards are playing the best are going to be in there. You're going to see a lot of Caruso in there because of his defense. You'll probably see a lot of shooter in there. Um, so I don't think, I think you're right in the sense that what's going to win in the playoffs for us, what's going to win in the fourth quarter for us, uh, is probably pretty going to be a lot of the same things that did them before, which is LeBron and AD. And, and Morris has really been a catalyst for making that work. So I don't, I don't disagree with all of that. I think the most interesting thing for me in looking at the, at the Lakers starting lineup and rotations is does Dennis start or not? Um, I mean, that's a fabulous question right there because yeah. as I mean, I've, I've had articles already we haven't even started the season. I've written articles already from both sides. I mean, I, I sit here like you do, and I'm thinking about Schroeder and Harrell off of the bench. My God, how you know they're gonna? They could beat a lot of first teams. Yeah, it's such a perfect matchup. I mean, you, all of a sudden you think of that, you know, and and then you, you look at at West being able to step in and take Danny Green's spot along with KCP, and you got your starting lineups. Marcus all at center with his passing ability and, and his ability to stretch the floor and play five out. But at the same time, I can get excited by sticking Schroeder in there, putting Wes in the second team to give more defense on the second team since they've got Harrell in there. It's an abundance of wealth that the Lakers suddenly have in versatility and, and depth in this lineup. And it, it'll be, it, it, I'm just fascinated to see what Frank Vogel is going to come up with. And you're probably right. We probably won't know till we're like a third of the way through the 71-72 game regular season before we really find out what's happening. I mean, I, I think we're going to see more experimentation with the lineups this year than we did last year. There was all this talk early about a lot of experimentation, but it all came with reserves. It didn't come with starting lineup. Yeah. I mean, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard started 70 of 71 regular season games and 13 of 16 playoff games, and we dumped them. There hasn't been a word from the Lakers as to why they made that decision. Going to be fascinating. I think we'll finally hear some comments from Palenka and from Frank Vogel uh, as we go through the preseason and as the lineups get ready for the season. It's a fascinating turnabout for a coach who says that defense starts with rim protection. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, we'll find out what's going on. I mean, the Lakers will still have some rim protection. Of course, you'll have Anthony Davis. Montrezl yep. Harrell is okay. And, 
even though he's not a specialist in that sense, he is a great defender in Marcus All. Still, right. with that knowledge there, even though his body can't do as much as it once did, I still think it's going to be a, a good addition for the Lakers. We'll he's see going forward. He's the perfect defender against Jokic. Yeah, and that's that's what he's there for against the big bodies. Embiid, if Philadelphia goes all the way, yep. something like that. So we'll see what happens there. Your favorite 15th man got re-signed. I think that he's was now still, the best 14th man in the league. Well, with Kim and Queen Cook, <laughs> but I think it was a waste of a signing. I think because you already have Alfonso McKinney, I thought it was a little bit repetitive. I think he's they should have gone forward. For, they're both small forwards. No, Dudley's a power forward. Uh, Dudley was a small. Dudley was a small four way back when. Well, uh, way back when he's a power forward now. Yeah, well, I guess age has set in. You're right, but I think they should have gotten Dwayne Dedman. I think that would have been more I, comfortable. Yeah, I, I I wrote a couple articles on Dedman. I, I you know it's it's funny. I I wonder whether you know it's funny that Dedman's list. Dedman's name just sort of like disappeared entirely from. I would search for Dedman in Twitter. I mean, you search for anybody in Twitter and you come up. Yeah. You search for Dane, Dwayne Dedman in Twitter, and all I got were my own articles. <laughs> good. Well, also the fact I got the CBS is just when he was released. So I got to talk to Raphael, our inside man, see if he knows anything about Dwayne Dedman. But I thought Dwayne would have been the perfect thing. Uh, height uh, and shot blocking ability and can hit a three pointer. Well, it also, it also gives you another person to put alongside Montrez. You want to get Montrez a lot of minutes, man. <laughs> the kid can. The kid's going to destroy people, and but but you need to at least until he gets acclimated defensively. You don't want him be out there on an island defensively. You want to have a big next to him. That I'd love to see him more at the four than the five, personally, unless he's playing I, uh, with AD. I uh, I think he I think he's a five. I think we're looking at him as a five. Otherwise, we only have one five on our roster. <laughs> Uh, he, he's very small for five. It's going to be, I understand he plays five, but he's just very small. He has a standing five. reach. He has a standing reach and the wingspan of a seven footer. But he also has the height of a, of a small forward. So let's go yeah. let's put things in perspective there as well. He's, but my, he's Kuzma's height. Yeah, exactly. Back down to Kuzma. Yeah. But Kuzma won't Another, say that. He'll say 50 he's more pounds, though. 50 more pounds, though. He'll say 6'9". He'll say 6'9". <laughs> but it is Laker Tom. It is Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation of all the great articles that are there, plus his medium.com website. Again, I do apologize for earlier in the broadcast for those who were watching uh, something, uh, obviously, that was very unplanned. My thoughts are with Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, right now. I truly hope that he's okay. I'm going to reach out to him as soon as we're done with the broadcast here today. But before we head on out, I just want to go ahead again, mention Lakerholics.com. We're going to start doing hopefully a lot more things to be a little bit more interactive with you, the fan out there. We're looking to start up a group on Facebook. We're looking to do things as far as maybe possibly even some watch parties. We're going to do more post-game reports right after the game, Laker Tom and I. So we're going to try and be a little bit more interactive with you and check it out today at Lakerholics.com. That'll hopefully be a whole part of the experience. So looking forward to that. And, of course, all the stuff right here that we do with the Lakers Fast Break. Laker Tom, I cannot thank you enough for being part of today's show, especially picking up the slack for a suddenly ill Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man. So I'm really rooting for him. I hope he's okay. Jamie Sweet, hopefully he'll be on with us next week. Wishing him all the best. And I'm going to see Tina Marie here from Indie Pods United here in a bit because I know she has a meeting coming up with us here at the Lakers Fast Break. So I'm looking forward to that as well. 
But again, I wanted to go ahead and make sure everybody knows Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. If you didn't get a chance to see the stuff I did last week, please check out, if you can, wherever you get your podcast. my great conversation with Matt Moderno from the Believe in Wizards podcast where we talked the Wall-Westbrook trade, we talked the extensions for LeBron and AD, and we go into depth on his surprises and his favorites in the Eastern Conference and also the Lakers Championship Retrospective Part 2 was on earlier in the week. If you didn't get a chance, it showcases some of the interviews I did with Laker Tom and others, TJ Johnson and Rafael Barlow. Great clips, great highlights over the course of the year. This one was Part 2 when some of the most difficult times of the NBA season that took place for the Lakers. We cover that in Part 2 with it's a great reminder of some of the things that the Lakers had to overcome in order to get their championships. So hopefully you will listen to parts one that's already out and part two that just came out as well this week. So hopefully you get a chance to listen to that. But Laker Tom, before we head on out, any last words? Are you excited for the NBA season? It's right around the corner. It's hard to believe that we're, I think we start on the 22nd. So uh, what is this? The sixth. So we've got yes. uh, 16 days to the start of the season. I think, What's the first exhibition game against the Clippers? That's 11th, 11th, which is five days away, five days away. Wow. Um, you know, it, I, I know it's tough on the players, but frankly, for us fans, it, it couldn't be better to, to just have the NBA all, all year round. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the games. It's yeah, I don't think LeBron will like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think LeBron needs to go and have some time out on the boat or relaxing. Well, or I, we all know this, this is to get the the schedule back on its normal. You know, I know, I know our normal our, our normal timing and so forth, so we can get back to to hopefully having the normal back. You know, it's uh, the the next few months are going to be very tough on everybody. So. Uh, man, having basketball to watch and having Lakers to watch is uh, is a special pleasure. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I don't care if they're scrimmages. I don't care, you know, I don't care if they're – it's going to be interesting. You know, I like I, I kind of like the whole idea of, of going in. I, I looked at the schedule briefly, and you're everywhere you go, you're going to play two games. You're going to play these yeah. teams twice. It's kind of nice, you know. Uh, well, we'll, I do want to make happens. sure – Everyone knows that it starts this Friday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. It's going to be on Spectrum against the Clippers two days later on Sunday. So we may have to do something earlier on Sunday just to let you know because it's Sunday at 5.30 p.m. at Spectrum as well. They play against the Clippers. It's a back-to-back. And then they play two games against Phoenix on Wednesday, the 16th, and Friday, the 18th. At 6 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, respectively. And that's also, all four games are on Spectrum, just to give everyone an idea of what's going on with the Lakers preseason schedule. So, please, let us know out there if you have any comments. Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com or Lakers Fast Break or at LakerTom on Twitter. We're Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Just to let you know, the Sunday game and the Friday game, the week from Friday, not this Friday, but the week after, the Sunday against the Clippers, and then the Friday game on the 18th against the Suns will be on ESPN as well. So just to give everybody a heads up on that. So please, if you have any questions for us, Lakerholics.com, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, at LakerTom on Twitter, and of course, LakersFastBreak right here on Twitter as well. 
Well, looking forward to the preseason. Hopefully I'll get a couple more interviews in, at least one, if not two, before the preseason hits. So I'm looking forward to that. I know Laker Tom is looking to flow some articles out there. He's got the week to go ahead and prep for that. We're going to prep for everything going on with Lakers Fast Break, the Lakerholics.com side, Lakerholics on Facebook, hopefully, social media. We're going to get everything geared up. We're getting ready because the season's around the corner, and I'm looking forward to it right here at the Lakers Fast Break podcast.